Chris, I, I know you, you purchased your tickets and that's all fine and good, but this isn't like the other wrestling company we came from. This isn't an invisible wall right here. I could easily step through. And I could easily come up there and we can fight right here and right now. Welcome back, welcome back. It is week five of the War Report already. I am your co-host, Marjani Rawls. I am here with my Steve colleague, the friend Cyrus. Cyrus, how are you feeling, man? What up, what up? Welcome back to the War Report. We are week five already, man. It, this is crazy. I am your co-host, Marjani Rawls, and of course I'm all... With my esteemed colleague and friend Cyrus, how are you feeling, man? I can't. I would like to watch stop watching wrestling for like a month, please. Uh, <laughs> I there, there's so much cool shit that I want to see, but it's just like, man, I don't have time. And time I could squeeze in is to watch fucking AEW. I knew you were gonna allude I'm to sick. that. Uh, this show, this AOW show, um, let's just say it had an interesting segment or a couple interesting segments and an interesting finish mm-hmm. that we'll get into, uh, we'll get into briefly. Um, yeah, I, and it's not to overly criticize them or over criticize anything. Like I, I think on the show that we kind of want to kind of like tell how we feel, kind of tell how it is and kind of look at things objectively. But I yeah. would say that if you look at both NXT and AOW, there was a clear difference here, especially with the NXT ending. Oh, yeah. Um, man, AEW for the second week of second week in a row, it's like a two match show. And both those matches start are well both matches are at the beginning of the show so you could basically ignore everything else <laughs> um like it, it, it's it's insane um i'm really hoping like the quality improves very soon so you know this is a more uh so the show is fun to watch again honestly yeah they got two they got a couple weeks until uh, their first official pay-per-view while having AOW Dynamite full gear. And mm-hmm. I really hope that they start setting up some stuff soon. I mean, I know they have, like, what, two or three weeks? Because, uh, yeah, you know what? We'll get into that Cody segment soon. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I, I mean, I'm sure we have plenty to say about it. But mm-hmm. let's talk about NXT because I'm sure everybody's buzzing about uh, a certain heel turn that happened. But let's start with their women's division that's really taken off. They started with Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, which I thought was a really good test of strength between two powerful and agile opponents. Yes, this match is really great. Um, I love the receipts that they're giving each other throughout the whole match. You're like this whole match. I'm just like. Man, are like they would do some like uh, Rhea Ripley would hit Bianca, and I'm just like, all right, how is she gonna come back from that? 
you know, and then like it just keeps going back and forth like that. And I, I think this match is like really, really good. Um, I know we we're kind of like, you know, we we're kind of just like, all right, but why is this match happening before? Because, you know, like Bianca is like she's as ready as Shayna is to be called up already, you know? They, like, are, I, yeah, I th- they are both, uh, man, like, with Bianca losing here, and I'm not saying that she looked weak because she definitely had her strong points here. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's ready to go. Like, if you're not doing a, because EO and uh, Candice gets involved, like, EO kind of, like, attacks Rhea, and then Candice attacks EO, I think... If you're not going to do kind of like a, a, a four-way dance for the number one contendership to go against Bianca, I mean, not Bianca, uh, Shayna, you got to move Bianca up. Like, Bianca is ready to go to Raw. Like, they need somebody who's charismatic to kind of fill in for that for that women's division up there. Yeah, especially with uh, Sasha Banks being out for, I don't, I'm not uh, sure how long. From there, you had the tag team title match. I know that we we had spoken, especially last week, about getting uh, Maria and Jessamine involved, and we yeah. got a wish this week. It was like we booked the card. Uh, they were they're going went against the Fly Kicks for uh, a chance to fight the Kabuki Warriors next week. Sars, what'd you think about uh, Marina and Jessamine in this match? Um. We asked for it, but I do think it's a be careful what you wish for kind of situation. I, you know, I do want to see them get better in the ring. So, like, I'm completely okay with, like, them not being, you know, amazing or, like, you know, completely blowing us away. But I do think uh, how they do wrestle in this match, I think um, they should carry that style forward. It's a very uh, revivalist kind of style. Um or just, like, really old-school wrestling. Like, they section off the ring. They're beating the hell out of Dakota. And, you know, basically just, like, preventing a hot tag. And then once uh, once it's tagged to Negan, like... I mean, I mean, Tegan, like, the match is, like, fantastic. Yeah, I think it was cool that they made Tegan look strong for the second week in a row because she, uh, she got the hot tag. She got most of the offense. Uh, Dakota yeah. was on the receiving end of uh, a, lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Duke and Shafir stuff. So they go on and they fight the Kabuki Warriors next week for the women's tag team titles. I think that it was it's really cool that you have now you have the singles and you have Kabuki coming over to NXT and defending those titles. Like I think it's really interesting that they are kind of like making more use of their deep roster of the women's division over there. Like it's something that we've been asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And since uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey were too big of cowards to show up in (laughs) NXT and actually fight somebody, I think it's really cool that the Kabuki warriors are actually like standing up and actually heading over to NXT. (laughs) Well, didn't well, didn't Bailey and Sasha show up to like a house show or something like that? They showed up to a house show just to have their presence known and didn't face anybody because they're cowards. <laughs> and I, it's real cool that uh, to see um, uh, 
Asuka and Kairi Sane to do it. I think they're going to have a fantastic match. I feel so bad for Dakota Kai because she is going to get hurt. Like, <laughs> she will get bodied. <laughs> Asuka is going to work real stiff, and her kicks oh, are going to yeah. come, and boom. Like, <laughs> hey, man, if <laughs> if Kyrie hits that, like, the, uh, that back fist, the spinning back fist. Oh, that she hit man. on Lacey. <laughs> That's gonna be decapitation, <laughs> just live on uh, the USA Network. Like, this is gonna be insane. So we have Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. This was an insane. This was an awesome match. I, I like, yeah. You said uh, this was. They were going in their takeover bag here. <laughs> yes, that like this is. I would say like we're still in the first hour of NXT, and these dudes came out and said. Yeah, we're going to have a takeover match. And I remember when we were talking in the group chat, somebody was just like, oh, it's going to be Cameron, Cameron Grimes versus Matt Riddle. And I was just like, there is no way in hell Riddle is getting squashed here. There was a lot of there were a lot of counters, which I loved in the beginning. Um, yeah. Cameron kicked out of a lot of stuff, like including that like bro to sleep uh, German suplex combo that I, <laughs> I really liked. But Riddle got the win, but Cameron didn't look weak at all, like losing. Yeah, and they he looked he looked very good in defeat here. And him, even T's kind of like going forward. Uh, that little interaction with him getting knocked out by uh, Tyler Bate at ringside, and then when Tyler is there, and of course you know Pete Dunne was there earlier when uh, Kathy Kelly asked him about Kelly and Dane. I'm wondering, I'm like, okay. Yeah, Pete, yeah, Tyler, you have Imperium here. What is going on with NXT UK? Like, is anybody still there? <laughs> we we gotta do we, we gotta do uh we gotta take a peek at NXT uh UK next week just to see if they're still like alive and kicking over there. Cause all their heavy hitters are over here on the USA network. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, okay, like we, we highlighted that like Gallus won the tag team titles. Like over yeah. like Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, that I think we hope that I hope that that feud still continues. But I'm like for singles, like who is Walter defending Whoa. against? Like I know Tyler and Devlin have like some unfinished business to do, but I'm like who is Walter's next challenge? Like he's over here <laughs> and main NXT. Yeah, and there is no sign of a uh, NXT UK takeover in sight. <laughs> so I think they might just have to start just having title matches on the show just to have them. So we have Breeze on go, and it was supposed to be Kushida, but unfortunately he's hurt. So Swerve Scott took his place against the Forgotten Sons. I was really surprised. I was really impressed with the Forgotten Sons here. They looked really good. I thought it was funny that Breeze of that uh, Fandago was the hoss of the of the tag team, like going against Jackson Riker. But uh, this was good stuff. Uh, Jason Riker definitely looks like the powerhouse of the team, like uh, of the duo. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully they can get a match uh, for the, um, the NXT title soon, or you know maybe just uh, some single Riker. Yeah, Riker gets like some single success going on, and probably like 
um, go against uh, Roderick Strong. So Vega, so Swerve actually, like, he took some, de- you know, defense, but, like, he looked good here, too. Um, yeah. It kind of, like, with the short stint, I like to hear, then we go uh, with Angel Garza versus Jack Gallagher. Welcome back, Jack. It's been a while since we've seen him. With Leo Rush on commentary. I think that... It's an interesting dynamic because Leo is the humble one and Angel is kind of the more charismatic one. Yeah, uh, Leo is taking a, a, a look into his past. You know, um, he's playing it very humble here. Um, Leo Rush isn't like trying to like take over commentary or anything. He's not like uh, like he normally would when he was on Raw. Like he he's very humble here. He's not like uh really insulting him. He he's saying like funny quips in every now uh every now and then, but it's just just humble Leo Rush. I think this I know like two or five live kinda got raided <laughs> with the draft. But um it showed like there's still some good cruiserweights. I think that Angel and, and Jack had a good quick match here and it looks like Angel yeah. is gonna be the next challenger to Leo. Which I think is going to be a really good program. Like I'm, I'm interested to see what Leo does as champ. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, Garza can get like a couple, uh, a couple more wins in rather than just him beat uh, Gallagher and then uh, gets a title shot. Because I definitely think he should lose against Leo Rush, but like I think he should look really good in his defeat, and I think we should start with like just having him look amazing on his way up to having that championship match. Yeah, because I felt like with 205 Live, like during Drew Gulak's time, that they were just kind of yeah. burning through challengers. And even with like Buddy Murphy, right? Well, <laughs> everything since, uh, since I would say uh, Cedric Alexander got the, um, got the title where they were like really just like, there was just like a lot of matches just to have them, you know? And then... Uh, yeah, when Buddy took it, it was just like it became like the everybody gets their turn, uh, <laughs> like time. But like now, I, I think Leo should really hold it for a really long time, and like probably like like put some prestige on it. But like it, it's like I don't think any of the champions were bad, but like I, I think uh, Leo Rush can make like this title like something special. I think Bu- Buddy definitely did elevate it. Drew did a good job, but I think Leo. <laughs> With his story and kind of like how he wrestled, he's a good wrestler. I think that he could elevate it to another standard. That'd be really yeah, cool. absolutely. All right, so there is two things about this main event, right? Yeah, Keith <laughs> Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Roderick Strong. My initial thoughts when I saw that the match was announced is that all right, they're going to throw Roddy around, which they did. <laughs> Uh, Keith and Dom are going to have like their strong suits with also what they did. But I don't think that I was expecting some of the spots that happened either way. They were insane. Yes. Um, I like, we're just going to cut right into it. Um, everybody, uh, just like the tower of doom spot where Roger strong literally could have died. <laughs> uh, if he wasn't like, um, you know, assist at, like, hoisting himself on uh, Keith Lee's shoulders. I I just think, like, uh, like Dom wasn't ready 
uh, for Keith Lee to like start moving. So like Roger Strong was like not even like halfway up to the air. But like man, that impact, man, like Keith Lee like just dangling outside the ring after the spot, man. <laughs> I I see why everybody was concerned on Twitter when they saw this. It didn't look like Dom like he was trying to get him over for the suplex and kind of. Him and Roddy just kind of hung there, and I'm like, uh-oh, they're not going to make it. And it looked like Keith kind of, like, compensated for the weight, thankfully, and was able to get the power bomb off because I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. But this match had some crazy-ass spots, like the one on the outside with Keith throwing uh, Roddy to Dom, hitting the feast your eyes, and then him doing the, doing the push. That was awesome. Uh mm-hmm. Keith doing that damn moonsault. That was that was crazy. That's where I think Morrow really thrives on commentary too. With those spots and like the whole like Keith Lee, like when, when he was doing yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That choke bomb that Dom did. Top of power bomb. I, Roddy even looked good. Like he looked strong. He hit the Olympic slam on on Keith. And then that backbreaker to Dom. Uh, what do you think about the finish? Uh, um, I liked it a lot because it, it kind of just like you know because they were like tagging Roddy first, like they were like working together, beating the hell out of him, and they're just like, let's finish this since you know last week their match kind of ended in a no contest. But uh, I you really think that uh, Keith Lee is going to win because like Roddy is like nowhere to be seen. He's out of the picture, and he just slides in with a kick right into uh, Keith Lee's face. I I, I would have thought that um, I thought like I thought he would attempt, at least attempt of end of heartache, or you know like try to do a stronghold on somebody. But I understand that maybe a strike finish was probably for the best for Roddy. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be, like, Roddy is strong, and he showed that, but I don't know if he's going to be able to get up Keith for, like, the end of heartache. That might be that might be tough, but it reminded yeah. me of, like, the triple threat that he had with, I think, Pete Dunne and uh, Velveteen, where he kind of, like, stuck in and got the win there. Like, it was all kind of like the heel thing that he does. And he retains, but let's talk about this ending segment, because boy, oh, boy. The contrast to the other show that we're going to talk about soon, um, we did not. I don't think anybody saw this coming. So, undisputed era comes out, and they, you know, they celebrate. Then Champa comes out with this crutch. I'm like, why do you still have this? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I, I hate that it's ca- I hate that it's camouflaged. Like it's all camouflaged. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, why do you have a camel crutch out? Like I don't think your your leg still hurts. Like, I, I hope not. So he comes out, Gargano comes out, and they like have this like DTY thing, which I, is pretty cool. Um, then Finn Balor's music hits, and you're like, oh, wow, this is yeah. about to get it going. Like All seven of them come in the ring, and I think somebody mentioned on Twitter like um, how like smooth Finn Balor did this. So like he's able to take off his like leather jacket and then kick <laughs> Gargano right in the head with one smooth, smooth Pele kick to his head. 
and Gargano sold this amazingly. Like I'm like, I'm like, wow, did he really kick him? So that's happening. What I don't think that I noticed on the initial watch, I had to watch it again. Undisputed Era is beating the hell out of Ciampa. I, I, I feel like uh, I pointed it out to a lot of people because everybody was like really just focusing on Ben and uh, Finn and uh, and Johnny. But yo, Undisputed Era, all four of them are beating the dog shit out of Ciampa. They are like doing like 30 kicks per second on Ciampa and it looks insane. Yeah, I think like Fish and O'Reilly do the, the up and under on them too. I'm like, damn. So that's happening. Gargano goes to the railing, and Finn goes with a super, like, super drop kick. That not only it looks like Gargano just bounced off the railing and then <laughs> went over, but it knocked all the enhancement talent over too. Yeah, man, they kicked a whole damn hole in his chest. The, I think the barricade falling was a very, very nice touch to it all. Um, like, damn, that's like that must have really hurt. <laughs> like Finn came, Finn came in really fast to deliver that. I think uh, when the match happens, it's going to be something. Not only that, but he hits him with <laughs> with the bloody Sunday on the ramp. So, like, if you yeah. look at the injury report today, like, Gargano is definitely on it. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, oh this guy has checked in. He, he signed his contract to CTE <laughs> Records. Like, Matt Max contract. You know, he's going on tour and everything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny, like, was rocked from all of that. So, I know we had some concerns about, like, what Finn Balor's direction was going to be. I think this was an amazing turn for him. What do you you think about kind of like this program going forward? I I think it was the right thing to do to keep Ciampa and Gargano separated for a little bit. We we may get them at Mm -hmm. war games like with Undisputed Air, with Ciampa and Gargano, and maybe uh, Dom and Keith. But I think this is a good move. Uh, I don't... I don't think it's going to be them in war games. I'm still, uh, I'm still thinking it's going to be Imperium. But um, this uh, this eases my worry about uh, Balor and Ciampa possibly having a number one contenders match, or there being a triple threat match between them two. Um, and now, I it wasn't even a thought at first uh, for me. Uh, Finn Balor and Johnny Gorgano are going to have barn burner of a match or a series of matches, and it it might be the best stuff in NXT history. I think NXT right now is with the whole with all these programs that they're having, especially the multiple tiers with the women's division. You're setting some stuff up with uh, the NXT Championship the NXT North American Championship, and even some uh, mid-card stuff, I think with the talent that they have, they're starting to solidify some stuff. They're starting to fire on all cylinders, which is what we've we've been asking. Like, I think, you know, they were a little wistful. Like, they were, like, putting on, basically saying, like, we could have the best matches. And that's cool. That's cool and all. 
but you need angles too to kind of like keep the audience. And yeah. with this big one, I think they're this is a really good start. Yeah. Uh, the the win. Uh, you know the women's uh, the women's division definitely had their angle, but it was like still open ended. This one is too, but I think uh, just having two angles uh, is going to really help the product and probably. Uh, get some more viewers uh, next week. I think ratings for NXT will go up, though I really don't care. Um, <laughs> but I have a very big question. What's your question? When Finn Balor deems it worthy to bring out the demon for Johnny Gargano, who goes over? Because Johnny Resiliency versus the unbeatable demon... I think the Earth might just have to explode. That might that match might be uh, longer than any like Kenny Omega and Okada <laughs> match because of all the kickouts and basically all the resiliency that that would happen. It would be like uh, Super Saiyan Goku versus Super Saiyan Vegeta going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, like that match is going to be crazy. Like. I, I like Johnny would have nah man. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be crazy. I think that yeah. You, whatever. Uh, you, honestly, if we got that at Takeover Mania, oof. I think you get be, a lot uh, of matches out of this this feud. Like, dude, we're getting Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. Like, I don't think that you. That's a one and done. Like, I think that you can do a series and get a lot out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this kind of like her. Uh, this kind of kills like one uh, one of the other desires that I have, which is just like I want to see him, you know, face like a lot of her bigger talent, like uh, Keith Lee or you know, uh, Dijakovic. But honestly, this is a. I'm perfectly okay with this as an alternative. Well. We talked about NXT real fast, which we, we agree is a really good show. Yeah. And we are going now to ALW. Boy, dark. oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> let, let, let's start with Dark. <laughs> okay. Um, Nyla Rose versus the librarian Leva Bates. First off, they got to stop this. They, they got to stop this librarian shit. Um... Fans are cursing at it now. They're saying the F word. I just cursed and I, I just censored myself. Okay. But um, <laughs> I, they're saying the F word to it. They start off, they're throwing books in the ring. I don't get that. Um, I don't think this does Leva Bates any favors. It looked like she was, and I think it speaks more to the lack of familiarity that their women's division has with each other. It looked like Leah Bates was thinking about every single move before she did it. And she came off <laughs> really robotic and it looked like she was, she wasn't even in full gear. It looks like she was kind of working at half speed. And then Nyla kind of like took the reins and kind of showed that she was like the dominant one. And mm-hmm. I think we'll touch on this. Like Taz put over Nyla, in 10 minutes and on this match more than JR has in how many shows? Five, five episodes. Well, not all oh, shows in general. Jesus. Um, probably like 10 shows. <laughs> like Taz showed you what 
they should be doing when they're talking about the women's division. This, I think, and like, you know, I don't mean to, but this might be one of the worst matches I've seen uh, this year. And um, yeah, I've seen a lot of them. And I don't think that it really, please stop having the, just stop with the library thing. Stop it. It is not helping Peter Avalon. It did not help Leva Bates here. What do you think? Um, if anybody has the quote unquote go away heat, it's definitely the librarians. And you said that uh, Liva Bates might not be working at full gear, but I de- I definitely think this is her full gear. Um, <laughs> I don't I I don't think she's good at all. Um, yeah, she's like counting her stat. Like people are really bashing Britt Baker uh, for you know her being fairly green or just like being very unexperienced but what is Liva Bates excuse in this sense because I definitely think she's been uh I'm pretty sure she's been wrestling much longer than Britt Baker and she's complete like awful and I can you know I'm not even gonna say that but maybe NXT letting her go was for the best oh man um damn R.I.P. Blue Pants I uh (laughs) I just think I wish that, you kept, I, w- I wish you kept that. It was very simple. Everybody loved it. I, I don't get this librarian thing. I just think that like, and we'll talk about it more on the main card. You need more than one women's match on the main. Like, get these women some timing together because you could tell like they just. It looked like they were just like they just went out there. They didn't talk about it at first, and they're like, "All right, man, let's have a match." And um, yeah, it wasn't a very good one. They, uh, a lot of these, like, I don't know how AEW wrestlers are, like, prepping or training for matches, but I definitely think there's, there should be a time set aside where they can, like, probably practice some stuff. You had Joey Janela versus Brandon Cutler. Uh, I think this was the beginning of them kind of showing that Joey can actually wrestle and doesn't have, like, he's been in two death matches, um, and this is kind of like them showing, all right, man, like he can actually have some like wrestling acumen, but I don't think that Brandon Cutler was kind of like the right guy to show that with. I think that they did the right thing and had him because he looked way better with Kenny and mm-hmm. it just looked like I give him credit here, but I don't think that Brandon Cutler was just kind of like the right dance partner for that. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think AEW has a like a like fantastic technical wrestler for Joey to like really pair up with when he wants to wrestle like your British Bulldog. <laughs> um, I, I I do think like this is a good way to like like this is a good step forward for Joey Janela. I feel like he should have definitely took this step a long time ago in his indie career to show people that he can actually like you know wrestle wrestle rather than you know get on this big network and then try to wrestle wrestle, you know? Well, he heard, um, he's heard the cornet stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you know, maybe like, you know, old man yelling at the clouds. Yeah. Jim Cornette. Yeah. He does wild out. But like in this, like Joey Janela really needs to prove that he can wrestle and not just be a hardcore guy because AEW isn't going to have hardcore matches all the time. 
you know, and a lot of people are really used to just seeing Joey Janela in hardcore matches. So when they see him in singles matches, they kind of just turn away, and that does him a big disservice. So uh, I definitely think AEW needs to get, you know, he has to wrestle somebody different. Um, and I think uh, on the main show, yes, he wrestles Kenny Omega, and I think he, I think he looks uh, very good in that match. I think, um, I think if he has a match with Sema. Um, you could probably get some cool stuff in there. Um, Brandon Cutler, take a step back. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I thought the match was okay. And then they ended it with the eight-man tag with Young Bucks, Cody, and uh, Dustin with Seema, T. Hawk, and Private Party. It's what you would expect from the eight-man tag, like. Young Bucks and Pirate Party doing a lot of high spots. Seaman T-Hawk had some good work here, too. I'm mm-hmm. wondering, like, why do they put Seema in all these matches just to lose? Like... Yeah. Um, Seema and T-Hawk are really good in this match. They, like, they're having great... Uh, like, they're doing, like, some cool spots in this match. Um, after this whole tag team match is over, I definitely think they should, like... They, they should be a team... Uh, uh, on the show, uh, gathering up some wins. Yes. Like, just don't throw like all of, like the foreign talent. Like, Steve has lost to Kenny Omega in a singles match, and now Young Bucks, Cody, and Dustin runs in the eight man tag. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're throwing him, yeah. throwing him all the way to the VPs. <laughs> like, uh, I I definitely think like. They should work on, like, uh, they should have, like, um, the top talent working with a lot of the uh, undercard dudes just so you don't blow all your big matches, uh, you know, on your first two months of TV. Yeah. That's going to be, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but, like, that's going to be an issue, I think, going down the road. Like, if they don't get any guys and they don't build up any more guys, like, you're burning through a lot of matches really fast. This is only week five, you know? Yeah. So main show, we they started off a little different. They didn't start off with, like, their theme song, like the, it's so fly, uh, da 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 <laughs> my. Like, I, I, I don't like that song. <laughs> I, don't like the NXT, I don't like the NXT song either. Uh, what, the sweat? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> I miss the old one. Yeah, everybody has like kind of like been love it or hate it with uh, all out life being like the Slipknot um theme. <laughs> like they think it's weird that like we are not your kind. Well, yeah, because like the, you know, like the chanting, like you have like uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah like chanting like to a hard like metal song, <laughs> like we are not your kind. Oh, man, uh, I I do miss the old theme, but yeah, the AEW theme isn't that great either. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we started off with this. This was a very tag team heavy show. Uh, we started off with a really good one, uh, the Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. That was the semifinals of the tag tournament. I think that both teams look good. Private Party, I want to definitely see more of. I expect the yeah. Lucha Brothers to win here. Uh, yeah, I, I you know what I mean. Like private party, if, if you're saying that like they're building young guys up, and you have a concern with that, I think that they're doing a really good job with them. Especially like, I know it was like okay, well the young bucks kind of got their win back and ALW dark, but I think that even in defeat, 
they're definitely a team that you want to see more of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like e- e- even just with them, like beating the Bucks before, like I think you know that already exceeded a lot of expectations of a lot of people, and like that match just being fantastic. Um, I think this match is really good as well. I think these guys definitely should be like you know like top two tag team in uh, in their tag division. Um, so whenever the match against uh, Pride and Powerful happen, like I definitely think they should go over. So we segued one tag team match immediately into another one. Um, I have a real I have a problem with that because. The private party in the Lucha Bro match is really, really good. And then they're just like, we're going to have another one. Here comes Damn, the- let, let me breathe. To show the Dark Order show video Dark package, package. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the show of like a little bit of it. But like, it was funny because like they've been telegraphing that the Lucha Brothers and SCU is going to be the match. Like it's going to be the final because you wouldn't have like the Lucha Brothers attacking SCU if that wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah. I think with all the criticism that Dark Order has taken, I think that they look good, especially towards the end of the match. The, the crowd kind of got into it as they did a little bit more of those high spots. That that Kazarian DDT that was that looked dangerous as hell. Like he took that on, uh, yeah. Dark Order they took it on the. Apron. I hope he's okay. So, yeah, and it looks like Scorpio Sky is second week in a row over like Rover. Oh yeah, um, like I don't I don't want to say like it's a career revival like PCO, but like he's getting a lot of eyes on him late into his career, and I, I think. Rightfully deserved. Speaking, okay, real quick, just a little segue. Speaking of PCO, it, it sounds like, like I've read somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, <laughs> that his contract is up uh, soon. I, 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 I saw that article. As, I saw that article as well, and I was just like, "Do you think that he would go to?" I guess, man. I <laughs> please don't. I don't want to see PCO, man. Come on. <laughs> That that like that, that novelty is like over with. Like now he he's really just like a sixty year old dude that just takes crazy bumps. Like, hey, hey they'd like to take enough crazy, crazy bumps. Me, man. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't think there's a place for him on AEW. Please, <laughs> Matt Jackson, if you hear this, man, please agree with me. <laughs> so the finals, uh, it's going to be Lucha Bros versus SCU next week. Uh, the <laughs> Rock and Roll Express. Will be presenting the tag team titles. I don't know if they're going to be involved. <laughs> well, they're going to be at World Tag League in December, so they're going to be doing that. But I missed this part. So when I saw uh, when I uh, when you told me it earlier, I was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, they announced it on Twitter. Like again, this is something that like I don't know if it just happened, but it would be really cool if they said it on the show. Yeah, def, uh, definitely. So, man, speaking of on the show, man, I miss Taz already. I wish he, I wish he was back, bro. I miss Taz so much. There was a soundbite where, like, Tony Giovanni sounded really excited about something, and he asked Jr. and like Jr. is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm here." <laughs> Yo, get. 
Taz is what this show desperately needs because, like, I legit like the way he talks. Uh, the way he talked on AEW Dark is like he actually never seen shit like this before. <laughs> like, so anything that's done in the ring, he's like super impressed and like sounds like wowed by everything. And I think that is so much more than uh, like that's much better than the energy that Jr. gives a lot of this stuff. So you had Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. Commentary really hyped up that, like, all right, Joey is going to show his wrestling side. Kenny really sold for him, I I think, really good here in the beginning of the match. It did show Mm -hmm. that, like, because Joey's going to have to transition because how many death matches are you going to have? Like, they only really have, like, Darby Allin and uh, Jimmy Havoc for those type of matches. And I don't know, and Mox is involved, like, in a main program, so I don't know how many times you're going to run that match since uh, Mox already beat him before. I think Joey did a good job. I I think that, like, if he could kind of give a middle finger to Cornette, I think that he would do that here and show him (laughs) that match. Um, Yeah, and Omega, of course, picked up the win like I expected. Now that's two wins that Omega has. But, um, yeah, what do you think about Joey in this match? Do you think that, like, he looked good as more of a technical wrestler here. Uh, versus what we saw in AEW Dark, I definitely think this is a much better match. Um, I'm, I completely understand why Joey Janela is like you know completely wrestling because you know you said it before like he really can't just do hardcore matches. That's just like that's just not going to be done on AEW TV a lot. Um, uh, I, I'm here for British Bulldog Janela. <laughs> I, I, I'm completely okay with him doing head scissors and all that other shit. It, it, it's different, so I'll give him that. Um, I did think it was like super duper weird that they were just like, due to the positive reception of the hardcore match with Kenny Omega, we're going to have the match again on AEW, and it's going to be a completely regular singles match. <laughs> Even Joey on Twitter was like, "What? Huh? Like, what was the what was the point of that? <laughs> we we don't want to drop off in ratings, like, so we got to have Joey like fight like a, a a bigger name because I think it was was it going to be? I think it was going to be Brandon Cutler, right, or somebody like that. Yeah, and then like, yeah, this is this is much better. Yeah, the response was like, eh. So they were like, all right, let's get Kenny in here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we are going into the Cody segment. Um, <laughs> I got some things to say about this. So, all right, Cody comes out with this with this big pyro thing, huge pyro, right? Mm-hmm. He teased on Twitter that he had an announcement to make. And, you know, like, we've talked, like, we were hoping, like, everything was all right. Like, hopefully, like, he's not injured or anything like that. Forgot to mention that during the SVU Dark Order match, the inner circle uh, with Jericho flashing about, what, what, five or six tickets. I don't think Hager was with him. (laughs) They walked through the crowd, and they walked through what would considered to be the smallest box, the luxury box ever, right? They're up there. It's like they're eating popcorn. I'm like, wow, they couldn't get actual food. And Jericho has, like, one bottle of bubbly. So Cody's about (laughs) to, like, make his, like, announcement. 
Jericho's using an air horn, an air horn, like, and it's not even in the mic at first, but it interrupts Cody talking. So Cody says this one thing, and I'm just like, okay, all right. He's like, something like, this is not where we came from to Jericho. And I'm like, oh, yippee, another WWE dig, or even maybe another New Japan dig. This is synonymous with Cody. And I want to I want to start this off with giving Cody credit because he has reinvented himself. That's cool, but it's important to remember that he asked his, for his release. He released that big note on Twitter about him wanting more for himself. WWE didn't cut him; he left. He went to the Indies. He was like Global Force Champion for there. He went to Impact, did some stuff. He got into the Bullet Club, uh, reformed himself as like this great heel. I've even written about that he was a great heel. Um, went to ROH, won their world title. What more do you want? Like, what what more do you want? You have your own, your VP of your own company. Why in a main title program, which is like, I guess the first major one, if you want to consider like going into full gear. Why are you still mentioning WWE? Why are you still making digs at them? Like, <laughs> focus on you. Like, and I get the throne thing. Okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some people didn't like that. I'm, I'm like, all right, he, that's his one. You know what I mean? But the comments and all this other stuff, I'm like, dude, it's been two or three years or maybe even longer. When are you going to move on from that? Like, you are... Fighting Jericho for the title, I'm not trying. I'm trying to think. All right, what can AOW offer me in their main title program? Now, like tuning in is like, what what can Cody or anybody could say dig about the WWE? You should be worrying about that. You should be worrying about booking your own show. And then it's then he says something. I'm like something about invisible wall and like walking through the ropes, dude. You walked up with. Dustin DDP I'm like wow is DDP an active wrestler and MJF you guys walked up the steps to that to that box like what are you talking about like it's just segments like this I'm like I try to get on ALW side I try to be complimentary when I can be and I just I just don't get it. Like, I, they keep on shooting themselves in the foot. Like, did, Cody and Jericho could be a good program when they're stopped worrying about everybody in Connecticut or Florida. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I, I mean, like, then you had, like, them walking up there. Jericho closes a glass door. I don't know how many suites have glass doors, but this one did. Cody uses MJF scarf to punch through it. Then they have a big brawl concessions. And the last image is Jericho flashing his ticket saying that I have a ticket. I have a ticket. And what stadium after you had a brawl that you don't get kicked out of after that? Like what, what, like, it's just like, wow. Cyrus, do you have anything else to add to this? Cause 
Um, you kind of covered all, uh, a lot of the stuff that I had an issue with in the segment as well. So I'm just going to cover all the parts that I found hilarious in the segment. But uh, actually, first, I wanted to start with, um, I do think it was brilliant for the AEW social media page to say that Cody and, you know, I thought it might have been, you know, him probably have to pull out of the title match. Um, you know, maybe he isn't medically clear to wrestle. So at first when I, when I saw this statement, you know, an alarm went off and I was just like, I hope Cody's okay. Um, I'm not a big fan of his match, but the last thing I want is for this man to retire due to, you know, injury or, you know, actually have to call out before or after, like, you know, the big match for his company. Um, cause We'd probably have to get that match later, and boy, I don't want that. Um, so I, there, there was a lot of concern for for Cody. I was just making sure, like, I just wanted to know if he. Was, and I think, like, soon as Jericho hit the air horn, I was just like, all like all my worrying was like lifted, and like also I no longer care about the segment. This shit is all jokes from here on out. Um, you know, but. Good stuff for playing with my emotions. Um, I thought this segment got really silly once uh, Dustin came out and Jericho was, like, making fun of his win-loss record. And then oh, Dustin was just like, yeah, he was just like, uh, I, I think Jericho said, like, you're one in four. And then Dustin was just like, well, I'm two in four. No, like, that's not better. Like, that's not great. Um, like, what is it like? I think the win-loss, like, insults is going to get real old because it's, like, it's real Call of Duty lobby-like, you know? Like, it's, that's not cool. Uh, that's not cool shit, man. Um, then MJF comes out. Of course, I thought it was hilarious when Jericho started making fun of his, uh, his scarf. Um, MJF got to get a new scarf. You look here. <laughs> get get a new scarf. Get like a Burberry or like a uh, like a Gucci one or something. Versace. You know, show you got some wealth, bruh. Some real wealth. Uh, I thought that was. Uh, then when DDP came out, I had I was just like, why? Why did DDP come out and not Hangman Page? Everybody's been kind of criticizing them about like how they built up Hangman. And not only did he not come out, you're bringing out DDP. I'm like, is DDP going to be in a match soon? Like, who is he going to fight? Is he going to fight Hager? DDP is not an active wrestler. And I I, I saw some people who were just like, oh, but, like, DDP is a legend. You know, respect, you know, legends and stuff like that. Or, you know, you got to pop ratings. I don't know what kind of ratings DDP is popping. God forbid Um, if, if, like, WWE brought out, like, a Brock Lesnar or somebody like part time, they would get criticized for that. But here, I'm like, all right, you guys, you guys need to get people over in order to sustain things. And Hangman Page is not there. Like, I think I would prefer a Hangman Page in my corner, you know, or like in a brawl rather than DDP. I thought that was so silly. And then uh, when they go, when Cody like gets his crew, and then like musters up the courage to walk over to the inner circle that's in their weird little box. Jericho runs away and closes the door 
but like the door has like a huge glass window. And if you look into the box, bro, you might see a couple lockers. That ain't no luxury box, bro. That's uh that that shit ain't display no type of wealth. When I was looking, uh, when I looked inside that box, and then Cody like does a thing, and I thought like peak laughter when Cody threw a garbage can full of garbage <laughs> yeah. at Jericho. I died laughing. That shit killed me. I think the inner circle may have gotten those tickets off StubHub at the last minute because. Uh... Oh, those $15, $7 tickets that uh, AEW be having? Yeesh. Ah. Well, they must have, because, like, like I said, like they were they were eating popcorn <laughs> up there. <laughs> they, they were sitting with God, bro. <laughs> <laughs> High up there. So, yeah, another tag team match. Like you said, like this show was very tag team heavy. You had the best friends versus Young Bucks. And one thing that I could deliberate from this match is that Orange Cassidy is very, very over. Oh yeah, he he is oh he is he is as over as Scorpio Sky is, but all he's done in AEW was do a tope and catch Mick ja- uh, Nick Jackson in this match. <laughs> Shame. I, like I said, like I thought this was this was a solid tag team match. Like the Young Bucks got the win; they were doing Young Bucks stuff. Uh, the best friends got some offense in. Like it was just like all right, you know, it was like a tag match that kind of segued into the later singles matches that we had. Um, from there, we had the Brit, uh, a Britt Baker video package. I mean, they were in Pittsburgh. It is, you know, like home base for her. So it was like, you know, made the uh, Britsburg homecoming. So they found, they found an opponent for her. It's stardom's very own Jamie Hayer. I'm a big fan of Jamie Hayer. Mm-hmm. So are you. Um, I know I that you, you didn't love- like what happened here. Oh, like, my mood from when I saw her come out to the result of this match, man, you'd think think my homeboy died. Man, I was so sad. I feel like they did her dirty twice. I, I really like, I really like her being a heel. Like, I like her heel offense and, like, her, how she, like, was charismatically kind of, like, playing up to the crowd. Um... She she can work. Um, I don't, I just don't think that Britt Baker was um, <laughs> a challenger for her. <laughs> I think that Britt was a little better in this match, but I think um, basically her getting the offense at the end, leading up to the win, like it didn't look it didn't look as fiery as I would expect it to. You know what I mean? Like I, it's just like oh well, you know, Britt got offense and then you know, got put her finisher on. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, arousing, like, oh, here she comes, like, she's the commanding baby face here. I was just, like, I was confused. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, is, is she running, like, like at a different speed? I wasn't sure. Um, I don't know what they're doing here. Um, I definitely think Britt Baker should have lost, not because I don't like her. I think, uh, I think because you wanted display this new signing in a positive light. I don't I honestly do not care that it's uh, her hometown. I think if you, you know, you want to play up to a kind of story um cuz everybody's talking about like Britt Baker needs a lot of like, you know, 
more experience and stuff like that. I don't know. I just think uh, Jamie Hayter definitely could have. I think she could have got uh, got a win, and Britt Baker could have looked good in defeat. Um, her uh, what like um, her finisher. Whatever, man. It's like a, <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the inverted like mandible claw thing that she has going. Like it was like. I don't like. I, I don't get it. I don't know <laughs> why she win, man. That shit don't make no sense to me. <laughs> Uh, also, I wanted to talk about Jr. for a little bit because he had some comments. Oh, yeah. Around like Jamie and like her size is like, dude, come on, man. Like, he said something yeah. like, you know, she moves pretty fast for like, like, yeah, basically like how big she is. I'm like, come on, like, you know what I mean? Like, they keep they kept alluding to it, and I think Jr. just has a problem in general, just not being able to describe women wrestlers that well. Like, he, with Riho matches, <laughs> he always tells us, well, she's she's small, but, you know, she she get in there. She can, yeah. Um, yeah, Jim Ross is, like, I can't stress how, like, how bad he is at commentary. And, like, I, like, uh, I generally think he does not care. You know, like, I don't think he really cares about what he's saying. So, pre, please, uh, Cody, whoever, higher-ups, if you hear this, please bring back Taz. Um, <laughs> like, I I am a pro-Taz, uh, like a Taz stand account. Please just bring back Taz. I think he's uh, amazing at what he does uh, just in that short period of time in AEW. Um, like him, like, constantly mentioning Jamie's size, it, it just makes me think about how, like, how Michael Cole would, like, probably, uh, you know, like, say it. It'd be, like, probably, like, don't be deceived by her size. She's, like, a like she's a quick striker and, like, a powerhouse. Like, you know, like, not just being, like, she's big and she's quick, you know, like, laying it on thick, you know, like, mask it up as something, like, super special, you know. JR don't have that it factor no more, man. So there was an aftermatch angle uh Jamie is trying to cut a promo and then all of a sudden she gets attacked by Brandy and then Brandy does like this weird like angry angrily points her finger and then backstage and I'm like okay um is this a heel turn for her like is she showing like some aggression and I know like <laughs> you've talked and you've touched on basically like maybe this is a bridge for her to have like some feud with Brit, like she's sending like Jamie and uh, B Priestley after her and like hiring her and they're, they're yeah. being their hands. Yeah. Like, uh, Brandy Rhodes is keeping her hands clean from, uh, like stopping Brit Baker to reach greatness. But I really don't think like you don't really need to do that because she already lost her title match against Rio. So, you know, she's already in the back of the line with Nyla Rose. But, uh, I don't know. If you thought, man, I was already sad at the result of the match, and when I saw Brandy Rhodes just push her, and Jamie wasn't fighting back, I haven't smiled since. <laughs> that shit really hurt me. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what they're doing. Alright, AOW, let's, let's try to get two women's matches on here soon. Um... So we ended the night with Pac versus Moxley. Uh, 
Pac basically beats the hell out of Moxley before the match. Refs are checking on him. It looks like Moxley is like you know those cartoons where they have birds around their head every time you got hit in the when someone gets hit. The head, <laughs> yeah. It looked like Moxley was like that for a good portion of the match. Like he's just taking offense. Then Mox mounts a comeback, and the weirdest finish happens. They go to a time limit draw. Oh, even before that. There's a scary ass Falcon Arrow that I'm like, is Moxley gonna get over like to take the bump? Like, thank God. Mm-hmm. But they had like this Okada Omega two ending where they had a time limit draw to end Dynamite, and I'm like, all right, if you're gonna make this move to protect both men, then why have the match? Like, why even do this right? Then and there, yeah, I, I I don't know why they had this match. I would much prefer, uh, you know, Pac still be upset and maybe he interferes in uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley's match. I uh, I forgot the stipulation for that match, but I, I don't think it would have resulted in a DQ of any sorts. Um, if you were going to protect two guys, just don't have the match. You could have had um, you could have had John Moxley face like, you know. Darby Allen or uh, Jimmy Havoc or, you know, uh, like Sammy Guevara. So, like, just any other singles competitor, if you wanted to protect these two so bad. Um, I was very mad when I was, like, seeing Twitter's reaction to the stuff that was happening on NXT. And I was wondering what the, f- like, what is going on on AEW? Because Moxie is, like, kicking the ref. Because <laughs> I guess he didn't count fast enough. Uh, like, I thought... Um, I don't know. It, it don't make sense. And I think it kind of speaks to, like, the trouble that they have with their mid-card and kind of, like, the depth of their roster. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, who could possibly face? Like, he's going to run through, like, Jimmy Havoc all the time. Like, like is he going to fight Jungle Boy? Like, like the uh, like the like the three people I just named. Like, Guevara's a stretch, but I don't know why he's not on the show. No, he's a, he's in yeah. the luxury box with with the popcorn. Like he he's O and uh, he's O and one. I don't know. M- maybe he should like probably like gander like get some wins, uh, so he doesn't look like the weakest member in um in uh, the inner circle right now. That ended that show. Uh, interesting episode of AOW. Uh, as they try to set their cards for full gear. Uh, Oh, man. I, you know, we've said that, you know, their strongest, basically their strongest division is their tag team division, and they definitely displayed Mm -hmm. that. On this one, they got to do more with the singles, because they, yeah, I, I, like, these, uh, these WCW finishes, it's not going to work <laughs> down six months down the road. You know what I mean? They're going to have a real issue in December. I'm telling you the like these shows are going to look real different without, you know, Cody and the elite being at like the top of the card. Like these shows are going to look real weird, uh, December or, you know, just at any point in time next year. Um, I think the show definitely could have benefited from, uh, you know, another women's match 
because you know we don't have a contender for Riho, and Full Gear is, I believe, pretty soon. We don't. We haven't seen Sadie yet. We have not seen Penelope Ford, um, uh, Karma, yeah, or we haven't Aja seen Kong. yeah Aja Kong. Uh, we haven't seen. <laughs> there's a lot of women we haven't seen that they have on the roster. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have like build somebody up for Riho because uh, full full gear is uh, full gear is approaching. So yeah. Um, just to kind of finish up here, like the quick rundown of the ratings. Uh, you had basketball come back. You had the World Series. So we, you know, everybody thought that everything, you know, ratings were going to be down a bit. So AOW is yeah. at nine hundred sixty-three thousand this week. NXT is at six hundred ninety-eight thousand. Um, AOW from October second to October twenty-fourth, 1.4 million to nine hundred sixty-three thousand. Um, NXT 1.18 to 6.98. Now, just to kind of note, both are both up. They were up slightly in the key uh, 18 to 49 demographic, which is kind of cool. Um, NXT, not a big drop. And I think with that big Finn Balor angle, they're definitely going to get more eyes on it next week. And uh, with the Kabuki Warriors being there... um I, I'm just like, where, where do, when does the drop off stop, and then like it like it gets more stagnant, yeah. you know, in uh in the rated thing. Like, I'm really curious on like what is going to be like the number that AEW is getting week to week, you know? Yeah, both of the both of these uh, shows are going to have to deal with basketball for a while. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting to see like how they go, and especially with holidays coming up, and, um... Oh, yeah, uh, the thing, uh, oof! Yeah. Things, uh, things, Thanksgiving Smackdown? <laughs> God, yo! That's gonna be a crazy weekend. Yeah. That's gonna be, I, I'm like, what is that rating gonna be? That's, that's, oof. Yeah. Friday, Friday, uh, whatever, it's gonna be like Black Friday or whatever, but like, you know, people are gonna be home. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, this is week five of the War Report. That is our show. Uh, any final comments that you have, Cyrus, before we get out of here? Um, AEW, uh, this is the second week that AEW has had a two-match show. <laughs> um, if they start having one-match shows, it's going to be really hard. It's going to, like, I might start watching these bitches on mute. <laughs> I'm not even. I ain't even gonna front. Well, they got I'm gonna watch that shit on mute, and I'm gonna read a review, <laughs> and that's just gonna be it. Well, that, that I mean, it's gonna be. Listen, NXT is starting to get their legs under them. They're starting to have really good matches now. They're putting it together with really good angles. So, AOW, like, you gotta you gotta give us a little more. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that <laughs> there are people who are kind of disenchanted with WWE and AOW kind of brings back that WCW Nitro vibe. But look what happened to WCW. Like that, that that's just how it is. And <laughs> like you, you got to really look at the other, uh, you got to look at all the other people that stepped up. 
you know? Like, I feel like AEW's probably going to be around for a bit, but, like, I don't know, man. Just just have a better show, please. <laughs> please. Just just have better shows. And, like, you know, ratings could be whatever they're whatever they are, but a bad show is a bad show. And I don't care who says it's really good or how many tweets I see that says, like, actually... You know, AEW is actually, you know, doing, uh, they're doing some really good stuff over there. Like, oh, like no, they're not, bro. Stop lying. <laughs> they ain't doing nothing. They, they are not doing anything revolutionary over there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was a hell of a note to go out on. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, you can follow us at RNC Radio Live. Listen, we got uh, we got something for everybody over there. We just had a new episode of the A Show. We got RSVN with uh, basketball season in full gear. Ha ha ha! A new episode of the Mount Silver podcast. We had a new episode of Late Fees. Uh, they're reviewing a crazy ass movie in the Lighthouse. It's also talking about Joker and Parasite. We have a new show on there called The First Responders. You can also check on there. Uh, Cyrus, you're coming back with spot callers soon, right? Uh, shit, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so nah, uh, we probably gonna have something for Halloween. Nice. So yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. For myself, Johnny, and Cyrus, thank you for listening to us, and we'll welcome you back next week.